Welcome to Lawyers on the Block, a crypto law podcast from Roman Kubiak and myself, Kieran Forsyth, in the Private Wealth Group here at Hugh James. Over the series, we'll be looking at some of the major issues and hot topics in the crypto and digital asset space right now. Trigger warning, we are lawyers, so we'll inevitably talk about some of the legal issues involved. But don't worry, we'll try to keep the legal jargon to a minimum. Crypto scams, fraud and cyber attacks on the rise, with scammers cashing in literally billions as a result. While legislators, authorities and the courts try to keep up with these so-called bad actors, exponential advances in technology and methods employed by scammers mean that now more than ever, we need to be alert to these potential scams, take extra care and carry out extra due diligence. Today, Kieran and I look at how some of those scams operate by way of a specific case study, what you can do if you've been a victim of a scam, how to avoid being such a victim, and what's on the horizon. So good afternoon, Kieran. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Roman. Yeah, thanks very much. That was a very, um, well, what's the word? Not scary introduction, but it is scary in a way. And although I'm in a lighthearted mood, it's not a, it's not a really lighthearted subject for those that have fallen victim to. Yeah, it's probably more symptomatic of the storms we've been experiencing rather than the sun. Yeah, we've uh, we've been experiencing. So I mean, it, on that note, it's it's yeah, it's it is great to see some sun at last, isn't it? So um, it is. It is really really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And you're off on a fancy holiday pretty soon, yeah. aren't you? Sarah? Yeah, that's true. Off to Bali for two weeks, which will be great. And we're stopping off yeah. at a at a jurisdiction which has been the highlight of some of these false crypto exchanges, if you can put it that way, with Singapore being one of the stops. But yeah, I mean that's uh, you know completely completely left left field for me. So that, that's nothing to do with you then. These scams, no, nothing, no, nothing no, no links at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not going out there to check my. Uh, my assets for <laughs> for want of a better phrase but no it's it's just a holiday and yeah looking forward to it so we we're, we're squeezing this podcast in in what is a very tight schedule for for you and i because it's hugely relevant and we've had some yeah. inquiries in relation yeah. to, to this very issue that's right we've uh, had a few people spoken to a few people recently who've been victims of a couple of scams in particular which we've been obviously able to talk to them about and help them. And there was one in particular where we had a really good insight about how these particular scammers work, didn't we? So I thought it'd be useful just to talk through that because I know a number of people are have been a victim of this and have concerns about it. So what we'll discuss, I mean, this applies quite broadly to a lot of scams, doesn't it? And I mean, the one that we're looking at in particular today is the Alpha Cripex or Alpha BTC, i.e. Alpha Bitcoin, and that's alpha, spelled A-L-P-H-A or A-L-F-A. Uh, it's very, it goes under various different pseudonyms. But the point is this so-called crypto trading investment platform, as far as we can tell, isn't and has uh, caused a lot of people to lose a lot of money. Now, back in January, the FCA, so the Financial Conduct Authority, issued a warning note about Alpha Cripex, Alpha BTC, effectively warning that the firm isn't authorized by them, surprise, surprise, that it's targeting people in the UK and that it might be providing financial services or products without 
authorization. So they updated that at the end of March. And lo and behold, if you, I mean, it only takes a a simple Google, doesn't it, to see all the people who have been victims of this scam. Apparently their registered offices were at 110 Bishopsgate, London. Now I was actually there last Thursday. A social event as it goes but yeah i could tell you, i didn't i didn't see any any alpha cribex signs or as large as you know 110 bishops gates is there was there was no sign of them there so um so perhaps if there is a representative who's listening they can uh, contact us and tell us what they've done with all these funds yeah where's the money oh so you were actually in that building 110 I bishops was, gate well i was around there yeah that's right that's right there's um and in fact i'll be there again pretty soon for a conference so yeah not on on this topic, so hence uh, hence the podcast today. It might help if, if to talk about how this scam in particular worked. I thought that that would be quite a useful segue, wouldn't it? It's, um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a real life one, and and the lady was you know I think she was more flabbergasted as to what happened. She didn't quite understand it, and I think we we got in twenty minutes to the heart of probably what happened, and and then she. She understood it. And I mean, the real galling thing was that they were asking for more money, weren't they? And she was about to, well, I think at that point, she pressed pause and thought, hold on, this doesn't sound right. But after already having put in a fair chunk, which had, uh, for want of a better word, disappeared or was told needed some more investment in order to be able to be released, which was bizarre. Yeah. And thank God she did She did pause on that. So how this all arose was this lady i mean bless her, in fact the way this arose for her was it was actually it, it was but a very the nicest of things it was she was hoping to to keep her husband occupied in his retirement by um by dabbling with uh, with crypto trading so i mean i've literally today this morning just had my brand new set of golf clubs delivered yes. now that's often seen as one way to keep yourself busy during retirement crypto trading though it just it just shows how uh, how times are changing aren't they so perhaps perhaps this is a sign of my me saying goodbye to one decade and uh obviously aging into another next week that uh, I'm, I'm perhaps stuck in my old ways but yeah apparently the, oh, uh, i'm with you i'm with you 100 <laughs> percent. i'd much rather face the perils of the golf course than the perils of bitcoin let me tell you. I, I, i'm not so sure about it. i've seen you around the golf course <laughs> we've both hacked it up so yeah I mean, that, that's one that's that's about the only hacking we do isn't it but <laughs> well i hope so <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um so what happens in here this lady had found an advert for this or someone had posted something on Facebook, wasn't it? Linking to this Alpha Cripex trading and investment platform. And the way it specifically worked with her there was they said for an initial small investment, they, they always entice you with this small investment, don't they? So she had this very initial small investment of, I think it was about 2,000. Well, I say small, but relatively small compared to, you know, you've got the... You've got these cases with you know, the purported Satoshi Nakamoto of three and a half yeah. billion and so on. But yeah, but this was within you know a relatively small initial investment. She could then, lo and behold, become a proper bona fide, you know, crypto investor. So that's what she did. She invested an, an initial nominal amount for her, a relatively nominal amount of about £2,000. And actually, to tell a lie, I've just looked at it, it was, it was in fact £250. Oh, that is so very the breadcrumb, the breadcrumb approach. 
Yeah. Now, now how this lady had done it is she'd invested it via Wise, who are essentially Forex, a foreign exchange platform and obviously payment merchants and they they make it easy to transfer funds internationally and so on but this was you know she she done it by that and lo and behold within a very short space of time that made a profit of $30 happy days so having been drawn in by this she then made a further investment of some 2000 pounds and again lo and behold there was a, another another profit a few weeks later so these are made via this wise account to a Binance account and then yeah. converted at that stage to, to relevant cryptocurrency. And here's the hook. And this is what they did is because, and I think this is how they sort of entice people in is they actually repaid her about $1,000 about three months later. To legitimize it, quote unquote. Exactly that, isn't it? Yeah, and then that, so you look at that amount and you think, well, great, okay, that's a, clearly, that's growth on my investment, when in fact, all it was, was a was a repayment, a small proportion of what she'd already paid in. But that then, she was then persuaded off the back of that to make more payments to get her onto what they call the so-called silver level. I've done some air quotes, which no one can see, so I don't know why I've done them, but for my benefit <laughs> rather than anyone else's. You have to say quote unquote for podcast. Quote unquote silver. <laughs> level. The silver level. Yeah. Silver level. And having been upgraded or, you know, or well, wanting to get onto that silver level, which would give her a whole suite of, you know, exciting features, she invested approximately another twenty thousand pounds. Again, these are all made by Wise and to Binance. Some three months later, she was told that there was that this investment had grown massive. Well, it had grown about fivefold in three months. So her investment was worth about a hundred thousand dollars. And here it comes. So based on that, would she like to withdraw some of the profit? And this is where what they do, and this this shows how, I guess, sophisticated these scammers are because they'd set up a an, a, they'd had a, a website, an email address. They had a relationship manager, and this this gentleman i mean to use the to use the term very loosely was this relationship manager was having regular phone calls with this lady had built up a really good rapport with her she said he was perfectly lovely seemed like a really nice guy and they eventually agreed a figure to withdraw of sixty thousand pounds i mean great if that had worked on the face of it a fantastic investment clearly it didn't work and what they'd said is that by that point, the figure had grown a little more. So once it hit the, what they said, the, the magic $100,000 mark, which it did a couple of days later, they said that she needed then to buy £25,000 of Ethereum or Ether to put it to a Coinbase trust wallet, which would then show what's called synchronization that would allow a pathway to send the profits. Now, apparently, the, the account had been liquidated and the, the funds were supposedly held in an escrow account, which would then cut out any trading with Alpha Cripex. Now, don't know about you, but I'm not familiar with when, it's, when it comes to legitimate crypto trading with synchronization or anything like that. No, I think that was, it was, of course, a ploy to, you know, it's it's just throwing confusing words to someone who's not an educated crypto investor and, and essentially trying to unlock another 25,000 in a way it's uh, yeah and and actually you know when you when you look at it from what you're saying there 
and how they manipulated that individual. You can see, actually, that it's really good that she did stop and pause because, like you said, you have a relationship manager. You 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 feel like you're building up a relationship, and these these scammers are very good at that. Yeah. Even if you don't trust them at the start, I think they do then gain your trust by the end of it. And 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 not trying to be unfair, but I think there is potentially a certain demographic in the world where that happens more easily than others and i'm not sure if this lady was was in that demographic or not we, we don't know but no but there's stats there are stats about vulnerable and elderly people and there are certain people who are open to more in higher risk categories of financial abuse and this is this is financial abuse albeit taking on a technological platform isn't it absolutely but but with crypto you could even have someone that that understands internet banking and whatever it may be that that is seemingly educated with it all but because of the nature of cryptocurrency, it is one of those unknowns for a lot of the population out there. And someone might just think, oh, well, absolutely. Look, there's a website. This looks great. I've heard of things like Binance. So it appears as if it's going into a, a proper exchange. And, and it may have been. And by all accounts, it did go into Binance. But then it is taken out from Binance. So it's those kind of watchwords or phrases, I think, that get people on board. You know, it's not a far leap to imagine that there's a lot of sophisticated people out there that have actually fallen foul of these quite small scams in terms of number. But I wonder, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of people out there. And of course, the, the big headline grabbers are the, the billions and the millions that are lost. Yeah, the Jones and the Delia cases. and Exactly. But I mean, we've had a few inquiries which are just like this. And the combined amount of that, if if you looked at the amount of money lost, is you know what near to a hundred thousand. Which for those three or four individuals that have come forward and and spoken to us, you know, respectively, that's a lot of their disposable capital that they would otherwise invest in a, a proper fund, which would give them you know proper returns and 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 le- and legitimate you know legitimate investments. So it's a scary thing, and I, I think you know ultimately. The one I was when we were preparing for this, I think the one key takeaway that I was considering in terms of how to avoid all of this is: well, just do your research and speak to other investors. Has anyone else heard of this company? Are they investing with them? And that, I think that's hard for a certain demographic who who do not have friends that are into cryptocurrency. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right, especially if you're relying on posts on Facebook. And I think what made this scam and others like it quite believable was they also had an app and there was a desktop app a mobile app and these purported to show rises and falls in this investment and they were linked to certain so for instance with the ftx crash and that's the subject of a separate podcast we did with good old you know someone looking you know question whether that was a fraud and did those separate criminal investigation proceedings going on in the states but this app then purported to show a big dip in the investment difference was that that dip then recovered very quickly but it was there to to give a a measure of believability to this and not only you know this app not only was this app downloaded but we suspect that the app because obviously we advised clients to clear accounts we've advised you know these people have been affected to clear clear their laptops change all their passwords but you know that we suspect also gave access to these individuals' desktops. And indeed, this woman said that this advisor, this relationship manager, in front of her on a screen, accessed her desktop, 
did that by by any desk, but you know, there's a telltale sign. Don't remote desktop share with anyone. But did that, and then they accessed her her bank account in front of her and transferred pay- payments out. Now, thankfully, the the fraud team at the bank in question froze the second tranche of payment and then made the next Gracia payment back to her. But you're not always going to find that that's going to be the case, especially with large sums. So that then meant not only was this person vulnerable to this initial scam, but it opened her up to losing all her data, to losing, you know, to, to her online banking accounts, to private information stored on the laptop, everything. So this was quite sophisticated, but a real, it was, you know, it was not only a, a scam, it was phishing, it was, you know, a cyber, effectively a cyber hack. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, that's scary. That is very scary. You know, the, the, the thought that you have an app on your phone, which you at one stage trust, but actually is, is accessing all of your, your login credentials or, or mir- mirroring your screen or whatever it is that they, they do terrifying isn't it is terrifying and and actually if, if anyone is is particularly well i wouldn't even say bored but if they're just very interested in terms of how this actually looks and works on a screen there are some really good youtubers who have made i'm assuming quite a lot of money because they have loads of hits where they actually scam the scammers it is brilliant because they manage to log in i mean this is how in-depth it can be but the anti-scammers for want of a better word actually log in to the scammer's laptop, open the camera, and they will take a screenshot of their person and then say, oh, hi, Brian, or whatever their real name is. Nice to see you're working at such and such address. How are you? And it is just absolute poetry. If anyone wants to. Vigilante justice, which we don't recommend, by the way. We think, you know, if if you think you've been a victim of a scam, seek legal advice as soon as possible. Notify the authorities, notify your bank straight away yeah leave that to the uh leave that to the youtubers but what it shows is how it can happen you know so how the scammers do it which, absolutely yeah and i think that's important for a visual you know visual perception actually sometimes to actually realize what is going on in the background definitely definitely it's um so one more thing that alpha cryptex did so with this synchronization so let's talk a bit about that so what they said was they needed to synchronize this. They needed 50% of the total fund then invested to show that, to create a pathway so it didn't appear to be money laundering by the authorities. I mean, it's all, I think the technical term is crap. But anyway, they then provided a certificate of guarantee. And this said that this is to notify this client that with a certain account number that she wanted to withdraw her money and all the money is currently liquidated and sitting on an escrow account. She is bound to receive, and this was 100,000 US dollars, for security purposes to make sure that this transaction will go through, full stop. So, you know, I mean, leaving aside the bad grammar, which is always a telltale sign, but we guarantee as a company to the client that once the synchronization is completed, we would be able to send her cryptocurrency to her Binance account and help her convert it to Sterling and help her send it to her bank account. For the synchronization to be completed, she needs to be sending a minimum amount of 20 Ethereums to a Coinbase trust wallet with the username, which is currently connected to the escrow account. And then it gives us steps apparently required. So Thankfully, she didn't do that, which is great news. There was a small loss, sadly, but thankfully she wasn't as affected as some others who have been, and we're currently looking at helping them, obviously on a, on a sort of a group basis, to to recover their their funds. So, I guess taking that the next step, you've been the victim of one of these scams. What do you do? 
Yeah. In, in that particular case, I think we were the first, not line of defense, but I, I, she hadn't spoken to anyone else. And it is very much that, having a discussion. If you feel that it's suspicious, then talk to someone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, do call someone, even if it is us or whoever, you know, someone like us. And you may not think lawyers are your best bet in the first instance, perhaps even the, the police, but we were able to create enough doubt in her mind that this was very, very suspicious and obviously a, a scam, which then stopped her from doing the so-called synchronization steps. Yeah. So very much that. Have a discussion. If it feels strange, trust your gut instinct. Absolutely. Google a crypto lawyer or whoever it may be and speak to them. Yeah. And I think that's right, isn't it? And if there's any software, you know, what we'd say is it's it's making sure that I'm not going to say clear your laptop immediately, but certainly talk to someone you know, talk to an IT expert, see if they can clear it safely, change your passwords, change your online banking password, notify your bank, notify, as you say, notify the authorities that, you know, the, the, the serious fraud office and fraud team, you know, that that's really important. And I guess from a legal perspective, I mean, there have been these spates of cases, haven't there? And the point is, and, and what, you know, what was telling here is, if those funds remain in a wallet, and, and you can trace that, that's that's traceable. What you kind of see trace through following the crypto token transfer is the identity of the people. We know that, which is why all these cases, all cases tend to be, applications tend to be naming persons unknown. But what you can do often is to trace the destination wallet and the exchange because they're usually held in an exchange that you know big popular one and the one that a client contacted me recently about was Huobi. so the seychelles based company you could trace it and if those funds remain in the wallet or remain in an identifiable wallet and you get a digital tracing expert to locate those funds that's how we do it you can at that point then issue an application to the high court here assuming we can establish that actually this is the proper forum and issue an application, essentially seeking a freezing injunction to freeze those assets and then look to bring them back in. And this happened in the Jones and Persons Unknown case. It's happened in the you know in the LMN case. It, it, there's there are a number of cases where this has been used successfully. I mean, we now know that cryptocurrency is treated as property. And as I said, I won't repeat what we've discussed in our previous podcasts or articles. But point is, you can use. Because a lot of these, for instance, Huobi based in the Seychelles, so you use one of the service gateways. And these are specific gateways, tailor-made. They're in civil procedure rules, which are the rules which govern the majority of civil litigation in England and Wales. And within there, you can serve parties abroad with certain types of applications or proceedings. And we did one recently, didn't we, Kieran? And it's mildly convoluted, but it's it's these gateways are quite good, aren't they? So... They are good, and they they allow you know practically things to get done, and that's what's important. You you have a system here in England, Wales, where the, the courts are keen for people to receive justice in this regard. They can get a proprietary injunction against a cryptocurrency exchange. Sorry, and when I say against a cryptocurrency exchange, it's important. I think on on a point of costs, but we're getting we're getting deep into it here, but in terms of who you have the injunction against. But essentially what you are looking to do is get that exchange to freeze those assets and then recover it from there. And it has been done, like you say. It is a successful route. 
it is tricky, yes. You will need lawyers' help, unfortunately. But when you're talking about large, large sums and the proportionality is right, it's there. There is an available remedy. And that's important to know. And that's right. And that, and, and the, there is current precedent for that. Now, these were all obviously unchallenged, unopposed applications. But the fact is, which persons are known and scammers are actually going to, to challenge this? If there are funds in a wallet, depending on the amount, proportionality, it's it can be worthwhile pursuing. And in the Jones and Persons Unknown case, there, some 90 Bitcoin worth about 1.5 million was stolen. There were trace of this wallets with Huobi held in Seychelles. He issued freezing injunction, was seeking proceedings against these persons unknown for deceit and unjust enrichment. And what the court held there was that Huobi held those funds in that wallet as constructive trustee for Mr. Jones. Now, whether or not, strictly speaking, that's right and that ties in with equitable principles, it's questionable at least, isn't it? But doesn't matter. It worked. It it worked. That was it was the practical effect of it, and 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 good on the representatives to raise that argument because it then became a discussion, which ultimately led to a judgment in their favour. And what was so nice about that one was they that they were transferred the original Bitcoin plus an additional eight Bitcoin to cover legal costs. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, exactly. So there are ways and means. So just going to say, well, I I think you know the, the scammers are sophisticated. And of course, the success there lies in the fact that the assets are still held within that exchange. So the trick is, is to be quick. You've got to you've got to be quick, because other, when the, once those assets are dissipated, then there's another layer on which to trace, and that's tough. And here you have precedent where the exchanges are freezing them on order, and and then delivering them back. So be quick is the probably the ultimate takeaway. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, that kind of hopefully gives listeners an idea of the sorts of things to look out for, certainly when it comes to crypto scams like this, but they will take many different forms. I mean, technology is now advancing at an exponential rate. We know it's a topic for a future podcast about AI, artificial intelligence, for those not in the know have been hiding under a rock, but <laughs> yeah, you know, we know AI is, is, you know, we're going to have a really interesting chat, Kieran and I, about, you know, the extent to which it's going to help us or whether it's going to you know, be, be the end of us. But yeah, as I said, that's a topic for another day. But what AI is doing, unfortunately, is also helping these bad actors. You've already got deep fakes. You've got photo manipulation. But at lunch yesterday, and I was talking to someone about it, about how it had been used to, to impersonate someone's daughter. And they'd called up and said, I've been kidnapped. I need you to transfer funds. And and the person said, that was my daughter on the phone. Because of the, the AI-generated voice, which is exactly the same. Yeah, that's, you know, and, and this is what AI can do and is doing. It's, you know, on a, on a less serious note, it's, I mean, it's, it's playing a part in the new Indiana Jones film to give Harrison Ford another lease of life, I think, because otherwise I think we'd probably be having Harrison Ford in the, uh, in the tricky walk from the uh, bedroom to the bathroom or the uh, difficulty standing up from the sofa in a few years. But the guy's still going strong. Yeah. So, you know, AI is going to play a huge role, I think, both in the tools employed by scammers, but also, I guess, in how to how to deal with those scams as well. So and, you know, regulation needs to keep up. And again, that's another topic that we'll be looking at. We've obviously done a, a blog on that about crypto regulation. And there's the EU are currently looking at regulation around cryptocurrencies, around AI as well. So, 
what's reassuring, it's always the way that the law is always and regulation is always a step or two or three or four behind advances by its very nature, that's going to be the case. But actually what is quite reassuring is how quickly there's been a, a take up of or an eagerness to ensure that there are protections in place. So I think that hopefully rounds up that. But I think the key, as you said, is act quickly, take extra care, be diligent, be duly diligent. And talk about it. And yeah, I think it's any, and, and if you and if you think you've been a victim of a scam, talk to the authorities, talk to a lawyer. Yep. And uh you know, notify the relevant financial institutions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks very much, Roman. That was, um, I, I know it's a, it's, it's a stark warning from, from us as, as usual, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, the clouds will part and the sun will shine. <laughs> well, it will in so, Bali. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had to rub that one in you. Well, have a great holiday and I'll see you on the other side and we'll, uh, Thank you. we'll catch up on AI and uh, regulation. There we go. Something to look forward to. Forget Bali. Yeah, very true. Thanks all the listeners and uh, we'll pick everything up soon. Cheers, Karen. And there we have it. That wraps up our podcast for today. Thanks for listening to Lawyers on the Block. If you made it this far, then you clearly enjoyed it. So why not subscribe to make sure you hear the next episode as soon as it comes out. Remember, nothing on this podcast is financial or legal advice. But if you do want to talk to a lawyer about any crypto issues that you may have, then please do get in touch at crypto at hughjames.com.